0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Media Literate, a collaborative podcast uh, that is a sound medium and not a visual medium, but we that keep on forgetting good. that. That was good.
1: Oh, you know what else we keep on forgetting? What to introduce ourselves. I'm, I'm Laura Broman.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe this is why we don't do
0: this. <laughs> okay, uh, I am Laura Broman and
1: i'm kim henry
0: we did it okay Woo. so we are talking about uh silent film today with our dear dear friend Anne, um luckily and- now
1: that she's not here won't hear us uh just like totally bashing it
0: <laughs> silent film is hard to appreciate for many of us Anne appreciates it so she is going to be here to talk with us about how to appreciate silent film uh it's a struggle sometimes. I yeah. get antsy. I get jittery. And... Truly,
1: we watched Steamboat Bill Jr. the other day in class together. And as soon as our professor turned it on, I I saw the like timestamp on the bottom. And I don't think it's actually two hours. Maybe there were like two movies that were going to show. Mm-hmm. But I saw the two hour timestamp. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to survive to the end of this. Like, you know, when your brain is just like, I'm going to die before this. Movie. Like, there's, <laughs> I don't imagine what happens next for me. It's just this torture until I die. I guess.
0: <laughs> but it was good. I, was I, nice, I did yeah. my Steamboat Bill Jr. I think yeah. it's one of those things that's kind of sad, like about postmodernism, the postmodern world that we live in, where in that's the film that has the really famous shot where like the, the house falls on bus. I was Jr.
1: literally texting during that shot. And, but, like, <laughs> I, I looked up and I like, missed it. <laughs>
0: Like it's, it's, you know, it, it falls on him and it like, he goes through the window because of where he's positioned. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's the shot. Like, it's this really spectacular, cool shot. That's like funny, but like, but you've seen it so many times before. That's just like, oh. So anyway, uh, we'll get to find out about how to appreciate it uh, outside of just knowing the famous things that happen there. <laughs> but first we have our usual business to cover. Uh, oh, first of all, Follow us on Instagram at yeah. podcast. When you said we
1: have business to cover, I was like, oh shit. She remembered. <laughs>
0: uh, Do we have other business besides that?
1: Um, leave us a, 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 Uh, review review? oh yeah Yeah, review us on apple podcasts yes the issue is that neither laura or i have iphones so (laughs) it just like it doesn't feel natural but it is something that a lot of folks do have and if you are listening to this on an iphone say nice things about us or bad things but still give us a five-star review yes just like insult us i can take it more or less
0: insult kib i don't i just i It'll keep me up at night. So, uh, okay, with that out of the Good way, uh, insecurities addressed, we have to move on to uh, cannon fodder. Woo! <laughs> is, is our new sound it's effect really just the most unenthusiastic. Woo!
1: Honestly, that's the vibe that we are we're really bringing into the 2022. <laughs> uh, it's it's been a it's been a rough one, y'all. Yeah. But we're here.
0: So Kim has watched something this week. And I, I'm dying to know what it is. I have. I'm really excited.
1: Um, I watched technically Goodfellas for the first time. <laughs> I, I almost forgot what it's called. Okay, well, so here's the issue, and I'm thriving the technically. <laughs> I I'm debating about this recently, where I'm an adult. I have like more or less uh, an agency around. Uh, my time and if I if I don't like something I'm not just being a lazy asshole so I didn't finish Goodfellas <laughs> but I think I can still say that I watched Goodfellas like if you watch something and walk out halfway through you watched it like it's not like I <laughs> You've gave seen up enough
0: of Goodfellas
1: <laughs> okay so I saw Goodfellas up until the point where I usually stop watching this kind of movie mm. uh, because what happens is there's this like setup of the glory days right Uh, it happens in goodfellas you have ray leota who at certain angles is very attractive and then at other angles it's like oh god it's ray leota yeah (laughs) it's very confusing um and he's just a little racist misogynist pig uh, Mm -hmm. running around doing stuff for the mob someone at some point says I can see why a white woman would want to sleep with Sammy Davis Jr. And a whole table of Italian Americans is like, what do you mean? And she's like, I mean, I just see how someone could. And everyone's like, but not you, right? And it's like, it's oh, it's a lot. Good Lord. Yeah, no, they, they. I kind of am happy they included it, though, because I really want all of the teenage boys who are like, ah, good fellas, so cool. I just, I need them to have at least the opportunity to look back at the movie and see
0: that and be like I identified with this <laughs> they don't do that very much those things we, we found this out with reservoir dogs everybody oh just God. has a vaguely good memory of it they don't really think that hard about the awful stuff that's in it that's true
1: that's very true so I watched it through the like glory days From him being a youth and like really wanting to be a part of the mob, them sort of forming this like extended family around him and them having all of the money and all of the women and they can go to the Copacabana and someone like will make a table for them, like Mm -hmm. literally bring in another table and just pop it down right in front of the stage. And then he goes to prison and it's totally fine. (laughs) They just like make marinara sauce because of that, I guess. and then. After he gets out of prison, he's like going to probably start dealing drugs. And his his dad figure is like, don't don't do this. And he's like, I totally won't. But he does. And it's just getting to the point where like something bad is going to happen. The shit's going to hit the fan and everything's going to go off the rails. And at that point, I don't know if I was stoned or just tired, (laughs) but I was like, okay, I'm fine. And I turned off the television. So that's that's how much I saw. It. But I think mm-hmm. this is actually a really great amount of Goodfellas to watch, mm-hmm. because that, yeah. I think, is really the only part of Goodfellas that remains in the mind of mm. men who have watched this as as teenage boys like that's yeah. that's it. Um, it's exactly it's the same point that I stopped watching Boogie Nights. Mm-hmm. Where the whole first half is like the 70s porn, yeah. Mark Wahlberg's dick. It's everything's great. <laughs> and then uh William H. Macy sees his wife fucking this guy on New Year's Eve of 1979. He goes out to his car, he gets his gun, he walks back into yep. the room, shoots the guy she's fucking, shoots the wife, walks out, shoots himself in the head, and then it's like smash cut to a I title I literally contest. don't remember what happens
0: in Boogie Nights after that moment. So yeah, well, I never
1: accurate. will because I never saw it. I was like, well, you know. I really liked the boogie part. (laughs) I don't want to, I don't want to get into the rest of this stuff. Um, So I, I think I I actually have a lot in common with teenage boys in this way, but instead of just repressing the consequences for men's uh, selfish actions Mm. and idolizing them, I critically uh, decide like, yeah, these men, they're, they're doing their thing. Uh, And I, like I do see as much as I was medium on it I see why young men like this movie the mm-hmm. cinematography is great the editing is great it's very like it's Martin Scorsese doing his best and his best is better than like most people's so like it's really good and there's literally nothing there for me yeah it's yeah. just a bunch of men being pretty awful to each other and yeah. awful to the women around each other, uh, or around them, and just like filtering the affection they have for one another through just acts of violence, and that's yeah. pretty much it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like I had the same reaction where I was like, "I, it's a good movie. I'm not passionate about it. Like, yes, it's, I get why. I mean, I think one of the things about it." is that it does kind of it, there is spoilers for you I guess and for uh, anybody else I, I know the spoilers the that's why you I know, stopped like it, I was like oh he's with, gonna have problems right It there's a downfall he like goes into witness protection and stuff um gets like, on coke right there's a lot of, yeah um but it's so it technically is anti that lifestyle because it does end badly for him but and it's like it's not trying to make these people look good but it's kind of that Martin Scorsese thing which he also does in The Wolf of Wall Street which is basically the same as Goodfellas (laughs) but like except for a change in setting and it's way longer (laughs) Um, but where it's like yeah it's bad but isn't it cool like don't Mm. you want to be like the kind of like person sitting around your table like making like misogynistic racist comments and all your buddies laugh. Like, look how cool that is. And like, yeah, it's bad, but it's cool. Mm -hmm. And I just don't vibe with that. It's just, I get why teenage boys would, but I don't think that that's, Good on its own. Uh
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see. I don't know if we've talked about super bad on this podcast yet, but I, I talked to uh I was in high school and I'd seen it in middle school and just shouted through the entire movie. Uh just like <laughs> was furious, screaming it at the screen. Um I, it made me so mad because it's like, yeah, the plot of this movie is Jonah Hill is trying to date rape Emma Stone. And mm-hmm. that's bad. Um but someone told me like oh yeah this is a satire and I was like I, I don't know and I'm definitely not gonna watch it to find out um it not is watching not it again. a satire but regardless like I mean it maybe it is if like I can watch it and be like are you kidding me is this is what's happening this is what's happening but it doesn't matter if it's a satire or not because the boys who are watching it don't think that yeah <laughs> and so like with Martin Scorsese I think he really is actually quite critical of these and I, from what I remember like he had a drug problem so like him mm. being like coke is bad you guys it's gonna fuck up your glory days of making racist and sexist comments <laughs> with your friends like <laughs> I think he is actually presenting the cracks in these characters like that mm. scene with with the white woman being like I'd fuck same Sammy Davis Jr. even though she like a white woman could fuck Sammy Davis Jr. And I would get it. Mm-hmm. And they're all like so fragile and so like, right, like that's a moment that I think is actually very critical of these characters mm. and they don't look good in it. They look mm. awkward and insecure and like racist in a way that even in the nineties, I think people were like, I hope would get it. I don't know. The nineties mm. are so much worse than, than I think. Um. <laughs> So I can see him doing this thing, but he is just also having so much fun making this movie that it is impossible Mm. to watch it and not have fun with him, and Mm. that's a problem.
0: (laughs) So I guess Martin Scorsese just isn't a good enough filmmaker to pull off a complex message.
1: Uh, wow i think we're gonna get death threats
0: hell yeah i regret living with you my stance and i love it <laughs> i will <laughs>
1: like if if we get doxed like if you get doxed i get doxed so maybe don't say this
0: <laughs> uh speaking of martin scorsese i actually don't have any anything but we should segue into the main segment
1: yeah 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 yeah. we probably should
0: films right he makes them and so have a lot of people over time
1: you know what happened in the past what's that uh they they didn't have sound technology to to sync sound to movies for dialogue (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of early it's a saturday y'all let's go bye
0: we are back. Um, Anne is with us now, and that is lovely because she's wonderful. And it's Hi so Anne. nice to have Hi, you with um, So, yeah, this is kind of a selfish episode for me because uh, this semester, Anne and I are in a class together which requires us to watch a lot of silent film. Oh, yeah. And uh, some people, like Anne, really love silent film and know a lot about silent film and film and silent film history, early film history, which is awesome. Uh, some other people like me, uh, have, I guess, our, our tiny pea brains simply cannot <laughs> comprehend silent film. I, we were watching this one film called Les Vampires, mm-hmm. I believe uh, a couple, yeah. a couple weeks ago or last week. I
2: don't mm-hmm. know what
0: time is. And, uh, I swear to God, my eyeballs were pointed at the thing the entire time, but I have no idea what happened. So that's a problem. Um, I have this poster of the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, a famous silent film on my Mm -hmm. wall. I think I might need to take it down. Have you seen it? it? I have. I watched it all the way through and I I keep saying that I really (laughs) like it, but like
2: beautiful film. Yeah.
0: it is, I think, um, yeah. but basically, so the point of this is to <laughs> the reason I've gathered you here today is to have Anne give us a bit of a uh, a lesson in appreciating silent film, understanding silent film, honoring silent film, yeah. and yeah, hopefully we can get to the bottom of, <laughs> of <laughs> my own inability to, to watch it. No,
2: I think it was unfair for you to like like Love and Pure was unfair because we didn't see the whole film it was also a serial
0: it's a serial yeah yes. which it was a thing that like I guess we still have film series now uh I was about to be like that's what they had back then but like yeah like Tom
1: Sawyer going down the Mississippi wait now that, that's a different that was Huckleberry, a, Finn.
0: Huckleberry Finn Huckleberry no, Finn no but it's but like I would mean yes yes and also like the Marvel movies serials are those serials I don't know.
2: They're Yeah. Yeah. They're they're a they're different thing. I don't know. But yeah. But Le Vampire was definitely a serial. I, yes, it was serial because we were talking about serial in that class. So we didn't see all of it. So it was kind of unfair to like, you have to love Le Vampire the first <laughs> time around.
0: Yeah. And I just want it for anybody who, Le Vampire, Louis Foyade series of films, they're not real vampires. I just want you to know that ahead of time because <laughs> yep. I did not realize that they're just a gang called the vampires. Yep like which is a great gang name if
2: yeah. i yeah they just they're just kind of crime lord basically yes. they do yeah. crimes and yeah. they're like badass women in it so you should see
0: Yeah it. so i think that's like a good jumping off point because i feel like one of the things that we tend to think about old things is that it's it's just a lot of men doing things usually white men and granted all <laughs> the people in this movie are white um i think yeah but um the point is, I just want you to give start us off talking about silent films and what makes silent films different from talking films? Like, how can we understand them as this sort of different old thing?
2: It's quite, okay. Sound film, first of all, I think we talk about this, is definitely not the right name for the <clears throat> talking pictures that we have today, basically. When people started using sound they were like oh we're calling this new form talkies we're not calling it sound film because there was always sound with silent film you know like there is the uh there are usually bands and or like orchest, like people with like instruments at the theater actually giving music to silent film you know it's like days.
0: that what is it like the 4d like you get like <laughs> the experience yeah. it's like it's like a surround all immersive thing yeah there's a
1: lady playing the piano in the corner but whenever like there's a wave on film she'll just like splash the audience (laughs) I mean it would be very 19 teens for her to just go and like spit on someone and be like you're welcome 4d I don't know what that is yet but yeah
2: but no it's an experience yeah live music was a common thing like live Mm -hmm. music was always accompanying silent film so it was technically not all silent and people use um so Talkie started in twenty seven, like nineteen twenty seven, but um, people started using like, with, sound the singer, yeah, right? with the jazz singer. Yeah, right. Woo!
1: Let's uh... you love us some minstrelsy, right? Yeah. That's what he
2: did. Yeah. Uh, was, yes. Yeah. and I was yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. Re- really racist. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Starting off strong with the talkies.
0: Well, to be fair, there was a lot of racist silent film too. Not yeah, to be, I mean, not to be fair. But... <laughs> not to be
2: fair, but also those are the, the films of
0: the jazz singer.
2: The films that are made by white men that was well preserved. Definitely, I'll number the film that was made by like people of color for sure. Which is another thing, like Griffith, like people like still say he's like the oh father of continuity editing, but like. I, okay, this is the not, maybe not like the full truth because there still need to be like archival research and everything done. But this um, is
1: like Anne's conspiracy theory.
2: It's not a, comm- well, sure. Yes. Um, but because Griffith was one of the earliest filmmakers who submitted his film for preservation in the Library of Congress. He's mm-hmm. like, here are six of my features and please mm-hmm. preserve it because I think yeah. it's important. His film was preserved White because men. he was egotistic. That's really yeah. all of it. He's like, here's my film, preserve it. And like 90, like the estimated number of like lost for early film is like 93%. So
0: mm-hmm. you
2: mm-hmm. don't see 93% of the thing that was made back then. You only see like, this is estimation. Please don't quote me on it. But you yeah, don't only course. see like 7% of the things that were made and a lot of them that was preserved is because people were in privileged position to preserve it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That alone makes me, like, excited about, because, like, sometimes people will be like, we have a new silent film that we just discovered. And it's, yep. like, often not that exciting, like, in its content. Like, it's just kind of often... a people doing things, traffic, yeah. I don't know, or but to know the nature it's kind film of
2: like, we watched, yeah, we 17. watched a,
0: yeah. a nature film about caterpillars turning into butterflies, mm-hmm. um, and I think, I don't know, it is kind of cool to know that, like, there are these, it's, like, exciting, like, there's stuff to to unearth there, it's, like, when I was a kid, and I wanted to be an archaeologist, and then I met an archaeologist who was, like, don't be an archaeologist, you're basically a glorified (laughs) ditch digger, which I'm sure archaeologists would be offended by. Um, But like, I wanted to be like, Indiana Jones, like, you know, discovering something. So the idea of like, unearthing these kind of things that deserve to be found is like, I don't know, that's exciting.
1: Yeah, I think this also really speaks back to our last conversation with you, Anne, from the archiving uh, episode, or like the future of the archive, I think it was, where what we decide to preserve really really influences our vision of the past so i Mm -hmm, have worked with so many students who say and like i myself have said like oh i don't want to look at silent film because it's all white guys or who make the i think worse like the worst sin (laughs) of of academia which is like only recently have women and people Mm. of color been able to make films and it's like no 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 there's what we have preserved paints a certain picture of what was going on at the time but the reality is uh like an entirely different image and we're just not exposed to it and so like yeah the process of archiving really does create our concept of history Mm -hmm. it creates our concept of who was making films when
2: yeah exactly and i mean not to be like theoretical, but that kind of speaks to the indexical like nature of film. And, can like, you explain
0: we... the indexical <laughs> nature of film?
2: God, I have because... gotten myself into Marianne Doane, and I don't know if I can explain her well. But yes, Marianne Doane wrote this article basically about the indexical. It's called the indexical and medium specificity. And it's about the medium specificity of early, not early film, but like film film, film based, cellular mm-hmm. based film. Mm-hmm. and she calls it a, there's a because you know light travels to the lens and it actually lands on negative and the negative is preserved transforming into positives and blah 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 all of those because there's a physical that physical light connection to the object itself that's what she calls an indexical quality of the film based medium mm-hmm. and she's it's- her argument is that's superior you know then mm-hmm. like the new or a digital one. That's a, you know, contestable argument. But... This seems
1: like a good moment for a really quick semiotics lessons for the listeners. That's right. um, but indexical is basically one of the many, or one of the three like categories of signs that you can have. So you have an iconic sign, which is like a picture of a person. This is already messed up. But so you have a picture <laughs> of me uh, and you hold it up and it's like, okay, that's an icon because it. Looks like me. It represents like the 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 image that I am, and dexical is more like something that leaves a physical or a material trace, like a fingerprint mm-hmm. or a footprint. Yeah, and a symbol is something like the American flag, which stands in for yeah. a very complex schema of ideas that yeah. surround America. So yeah. indexicality of film is basically um, physical like,
2: traces. Yeah, of the physical, the, reality.
1: the materiality of film, mm-hmm. and this is another moment in which. We had this argument yesterday where I was like, "Yeah, when we say film, no one really gives a shit if we're say if we're talking about digital or like celluloid." But when I say no one, I mean dum <laughs> dums like me. I, still <laughs> love you. I
2: said that yesterday, Kim. I I'm still so love happy. You. It's I okay mean, if you don't can care. still
1: love me, but I should still uh, be less of an asshole about it. <laughs> well, and okay, like, so nobody like, gives a shit. I mean, like the the sort of general public is is medium on it.
0: So there's basically two sort of different but related ways of thinking about silent film in this way and like kind of appreciate it. Because on the one hand, there is the kind of technological indexical aspect where it's like, this is a piece of history you're looking at here and not just a piece of history, but it's like the way that the light fell on an object. If you can kind of get into that mindset, it is really cool to think about how you're looking at, you're looking into the past and that's awesome. There's also the content, Mm -hmm. of the silent films Mm -hmm. which i struggle to watch Uh, and and i (laughs) so i think like as a person who is interested in technology and history i think Mm -hmm. i actually i can sort of get behind the, the 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 technological part of it i think that's really cool but sitting down to watch an hour of a silent film, especially a mm-hmm. silent melodrama. Or is like a two of...
1: or three hour silent film. Let's be honest. They didn't have a lot to do at the time, apparently.
0: Yeah. They... Also,
2: like if you're sitting down for four hours or three or four hours to watch a don't. It's... Right.
0: Let's, anyway, let's again, that's, just, the,
2: that's the one I'm like, no, just I... don't watch it.
0: I said this in the very first episode of this podcast. It's not the worst thing about Birth of a Nation, but Birth of a Nation is three hours long. It is. And, and that is terrible. also offensive.
2: Yep. Like there's so many, so many more examples that right. you can use for continuity editing. Yeah. You don't have to teach Birth of a Nation class. <laughs> Kim's uh, face
0: right now, I'm sorry. Um, oh it just
2: yeah no I this think is an great. only
1: talking medium there's no visual but i would be a great silent
0: film actress with these expressions
1: yeah just know that so, listeners
2: oh so, yeah
0: um but, i do i want to appreciate ann's an's comment though that like uh the the people that we tend to watch are kind of the people that we tend to watch because they're the best preserved and that's such an important exactly. mindset yeah um
2: and another the other also, this is kind of answering a question, but before I answer your question, I want to yeah. play on another thing that's like things that are not well-preserved are still wa- wa- like, worth watching. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Like
2: even if there are scratches, there are like Dawson syndromes, which is watermarked essentially, also, mm. um, like even they're like deteriorated, if they're preserved, it's worth watching because that's even more uh, physical- physicality and material traces of the time mm-hmm. that has been on the film, um, no, that's really true. Very yeah. poetic. I think silent film yeah. and other films are extremely poetic and very much emo em- emotional experience of watching it. That just mm-hmm. personally, but yeah. And kind if of to answer your question, yeah, how um, do
0: I? How can I? How can you enjoy how should I watch silent, silent film? films the way that Anne watches silent films? Because we I- deserve to have more joy in this world. <laughs>
2: I okay but I don't know if this is this might just be because my undergrad focus was mostly silent Hollywood and then Mm -hmm. I kind of switched to uh early Chinese film in grad school um but you kind of first of all you get like many things you get used to it after you watch it a lot right but also like you kind of start to see patterns and like moments of beauty moments of attraction when you are Watching it after you kind of get into it. And of course, there are like different things. You know, there's first of all, like the performance of silent film is definitely different from Takis because Mm -hmm. when you don't have, you know, the characters actually speaking the words, you have to make a lot of big gestures and Mm -hmm. like a Like if you, once you identify that difference, you can kind of see why silent film and slapsticks are like that. You know, people making great gestures, people making great facial expressions. That seems might be a little absurd to us at the moment, but they were, you know, they were like, for me, they're like traces of early film history that still influence even the performance today or a lot Mm -hmm. of other things. And like a great example of how like performance was done in the silent days, and like you can see the difference in comparison, is Sunset Boulevard, like a film that many people love that was in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the uh, Norma Desmond, who was the silent film star in it, that was practically going insane because she wanted to go back on the screen and she was like, um, she was refusing to accept the fact that she's no longer a star.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and she was a silent era star. So she was using, whenever she acted, even. If she's in a talkie, which she is, she's talking and everything. When she acts, if you pay attention, she acts differently than all the other younger stars. Like her style mm-hmm. of acting is hand based. She uses her hand, her neck, and her face very, very strongly. Like, whenever she. Like-, <laughs> <laughs> like you said, you will be a great telephone star. <laughs> But no, but she, she like when she walks into a room, like wh- like when she uh, whenever she does something that's related to her emotion and wanna be expressive, she used her gesture, she used her body mm. instead of her voice. And there was this beautiful scene in it where she was reminiscent of her past and she stands up and the lights kind of shines on her, and then there is no words spoken in this whole scene. And she like look at her old film being projected at her house, and then she like raised her hand like like the kind of similar gesture as she was in the film. And it was just there was some very I really love that scene. It was just strongly mm-hmm. emotional for me, yeah. and like you kind of kind of get to appreciate more the performance in the early days mm-hmm. with like this kind of comparison and see how the performance has like kind of evolved. I guess.
0: Yeah.
2: And yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. I think like I need to rewatch Sunset Boulevard now too. So it yeah, sounds like step
1: 1 cool. to appreciating silent film isn't like saying, "Oh, it's just as good as as talkies or as modern film," but like really acknowledging the difference and yeah, and definitely. leaning into the the sort of like genre differences. Yeah, exactly. of
2: the medium. Because actually it was you were basically saying the argument that people were saying in the 1920s and the 1930s is like talkie was a completely different medium. It's not even a different genre yeah. people were mm-hmm. saying. Like a lot of filmmakers really rejected the idea of a talkie. They did not like it. They're like mm-hmm. the silent film is already developing into this kind of already established, beautiful a lot of camera movement, a lot of like um, you know less restrained cameras are getting smaller there are a lot of techniques that are specific to silent film and they were developing in a very like going up period and then talking mm-hmm. happened and mm-hmm. then you have to kind of erase everything because the sound equipment restrained the filmmakers into the studio for a couple decades before the camera got a lot quieter and the light go, got a lot quieter because you have to be in the studio and you have to confine your camera into a tiny box mm-hmm. with the humans in it, with a camera operator in it when you're filming because, or right. else the, the mic will pick up right. all the noise around you. like right, singing in the
0: camera. rain. Yeah, I was about to say that. Exactly, like, like singing, singing, in singing in the rain. There are a lot
2: of films that are like self-referential film history, which is great. Yeah. And what was I saying?
0: So yeah, so there are these specific sort of techniques and and aesthetic uh, conventions that are are unique to silent film that should be appreciated. Okay. So like what else? Um, like-
2: yeah, no, and kind of on the same note, uh, because it was a different medium and a lot of filmmaker rejected it, you, you kind of get to I guess for me if you get to appreciate a history once you know that these are different techniques and mediums. Like for mm-hmm. example, Chaplin hated like Mm -hmm. when i say hate it he hated talkie. he did not like it and he he did his best to mock it as well Mm -hmm. like he he was just not happy with it he rejected to use actual spoken words in his film until very later on like mm-hmm. even when everybody else all the filmmakers were making talkies he was still making silent film and when I say silent film I'm not saying again not saying like there's absolutely no sound to these films that's like a common myth right. he was using like the new sound technology as sound effects and then mm-hmm. it was brilliant it was brilliant sound effect that was also mocking the talkies mm-hmm. like the opening scene of city light which is a beautiful film, everybody should watch. Uh, opening scene of City Light, he was sleeping on this statue that's supposed to be re- revealed for like a grand opening for this whole city. It's a, a kind of like a monument thing. He was sleeping on the statue and he was covered with like blankets. Mm-hmm. And then the um, the mayor and like the police, they came like for the ceremony and they reveal it. And then uh, they found Chaplin was there and they were like speaking, they were speaking to him and they were mm-hmm. speaking to the audience as the, you know, the grand opening kind of speech, but they were speaking, there's no, there's no words. It was just like mumbles. It was like, mumbles and like kind of how you, when you make fun of somebody else, you're like, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like
0: the peanuts, of- like wah, 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 Yeah, wah. like yeah. that. Yeah. Nice.
2: And, <laughs> and it was the funniest thing ever. And he was not using a single word to do that. And yeah. at the same time, he's mocking all the other is using words to express the plot. He was saying, "Hey, look at me! I'm like I'm a silent filmmaker, and I don't need to use words to make good film." And mm-hmm. of course, City Lights was wildly successful. Mm-hmm. It was one of his greatest achievements.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's um I, there's sort of similar commentary now in like uh current comedies. Like uh, I don't know if you watched Every Frame of Painting, uh, but so. Okay, so yeah, so it was a really big, like, video essay channel on YouTube a few years ago, uh, and he he talked a lot about the way that, like, sort of a lot of modern comedies and kind of, like, the Paul Feig lens, and I like Paul Feig, but it's kind of, like, it's less a comedy film and more just, like, mm. loosely edited improv, where, like, mm. the, the SNL people are kind of just, like, bouncing bouncing off each other in an improv way it's like you could use the elements of film to tell a funny story it doesn't have to just be talking and so that in a way i kind of, i definitely see chaplin's point about talkies and comedy specifically um but so yeah so i mean chaplin obviously is like also a great silent performer like uh like his body is like such a like i don't know the, the craft awesome. that he's able yeah, to, to so display good. with his body is wonderful mm-hmm. um, you also mentioned before like the the way that movement within the frame of mm-hmm. a silent film uh, is different than movement uh, within yeah. the frame of a talkie
2: yeah, absolutely. so another this kind of like another reason that I was like, "Oh, how do you appreciate a silent film is after you kind of get past the performance and get past the fact that you're actually watching a different medium, um, you can find very interesting and very beautiful things within the frame like movement in silent film is it's kind of emphasized I would say in a in a way because like like we you know in our early film history class we read Tom Gunning's cinema of attraction right hang on hang I, on
0: I'm sorry I will I, explain you that. read Tom Gunning's cinema of attraction <laughs> I <laughs> this is should I not be admitting this on this show it's fine admit we're,
2: it. we're, you already passed we're, the, we're, the MA exam yes <laughs> we did thank god that was my worst written paper, but thank God it passed. Yeah. Um,
0: um, but yeah. So, so my understanding of Tom Gunningson of attraction yes. just through osmosis is that it's talking about the way that rather than focusing on narrative, mm-hmm. early films, and we're talking like real early films, like yes. 19, nineteen zeros, as I heard.
2: These are actual like early films. Yeah, yeah that, so. Years. It's kind
0: of more about just capturing a certain spectacle rather than focusing on narrative is yeah. that correct that's okay. correct
2: yes okay. spectacles non-narrative and these are talking he's talking about actuality films so think of you know the train coming at you in the train station which mm-hmm. is one of the earliest lumiere films right. Those films.
0: i like that because i mean it's famously like that that like there's a story about how like people have screamed when they saw the train coming at them in mm-hmm. that in the train coming to the station that is also been famously debunked like that's not quite true not um well. but that the way that you can um see the the just like uh, the train moving through depth like it's moving across mm-hmm. the screen mm-hmm. yep. from like right to left and it's moving from from like deep it's in the to, feel for it yeah it's like i, I read that someone i was like oh i could appreciate this now but <laughs> that is also to be fair like a 30 second film. So, yeah. uh, right. you know, also,
1: like, I think the, the idea of the cinema of attractions, uh, is our best, uh, like sort of s- clap back at Martin Scorsese, who like, to be fair, is a very talented filmmaker and just an old man, <laughs> right? Like he just like, let him dislike Marvel movies it's fine my Grammy hasn't <laughs> been to the theater was... since
0: 1970
1: <laughs> and she she stopped liking films in 1970 and has right. never watched another one like
0: you're talking about him when feel... he said that Marvel movies were like theme park rides yeah yeah exactly yeah.
1: so he's actually in that moment literally speaking to a um a like a foundational element of cinema <laughs> so he's <laughs> like there. Marvel isn't cinema it's like a theme park ride it's like well actually being a theme park ride is kind of one of the major foundational elements of what cinema is yeah
2: yeah actually
1: that's a good argument I've never thought of that yeah yeah but now we're just used to better theme park rides which makes silent films hard yeah
2: well (laughs) true which which is which is true for any you know technological development you would yeah. not want to talk with someone on one of those flip phones nowadays since your phone mm-hmm. can do everything I
1: would love that actually it's really flip fun yeah, to too, I, them. I still
2: have a flip phone can you believe <laughs> I to, it I, I used to
1: play with them uh and pretend I was one of Charlie's Angels from the like 2000s <laughs> Charlie's Angels movie <laughs> I, <want to> meet <laughs> and so I would Kim. like flip it open really dramatically and be like what's that Charlie I'm on my way. And then I would flip it closed really dramatically and like run off and just constantly. That's
0: like, I remember when I was really young, my, my, you know, it's like sometimes my parents would like send me to my room if I was being disobedient. And I would always be like, hey, hey, hey. what they don't know is I have my mom's old flip phone in my room and I can play Snake on it. <laughs> Which,
2: it, And I think, yeah, it's so funny. But, but we no, still it's... like Snake as a game. Right. Back and to still like silent it.
1: films. Back to nice, yeah, yeah. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So, how to appreciate snake? Thank you for coming to our 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 Head podcast. Off. Yeah, <laughs> our TED Talk. So yeah. So we have we have it like look like appreciating the movement, and I think like there's so much less editing, at least in Hollywood silent film. Like obviously, mm. like Soviet silent film is a different deal, but like Hollywood silent film is very uh kind of like setting up the camera in a wide yeah. shot. And letting the scene play out um
2: yeah which is yeah which is another technical kind of thing that i wanted to point out is mm-hmm. they're called tableau shot usually mm-hmm. and they comes from theater you know mm-hmm. they're come, they come could come from usually what Va- vaudeville or earlier theater that's the idea of the frame doesn't really move right the actors mm-hmm. in the frame that moves and when film was just starting, like also because the film equipment was very heavy and they were hand cranked. So if you move them, there's going to be like jagged movements. Mm. So, um, but, but what I want to say is like the tableau shot comes from theater and that's kind of the convention of early uh, silent film. And when you see that, when you're like, oh, there were actually technical difficulties and also it comes from another medium and is trying to develop its own specificity. That's why the, the shots are not like really moving, but like the person in the frame are moved, like they're the focus of the movement. And because these tableau shots kind of linger, the shot, si- uh, shot length of silent film is actually much longer, much longer mm-hmm. than nowadays. Now, so if you think of a sil- uh, not silent film, if you think of an action film, the average shot length is like three seconds, four seconds, very short. It's like cut, cut, cut. But early silent film, it lingers and it's like about 9 to 12 seconds. And it's in that mm-hmm. range, average shot length. Uh, don't call me on that. That's from mm-hmm. a class. So, so I mean, if it, we, if we are recording
0: like... this, so you will be quoted, <laughs> unfortunately. But um so if we yeah. don't
1: like silent film. Does that just mean that we're those like sad millennial slash Gen Z kids that boomers are always complaining about? Like. <laughs>
2: They you don't have the attention span to like
1: anything good
2: for I don't think that's the case because it's not us as a generation that has that you know it's just everybody getting we get fragmented information nowadays we don't mm. get like all of our information is fragmented on your phone you glance at it when you're like in between class or like you don't get like i no longer watch tv like i don't mm. watch tv like i watch shows like there's mm-hmm. no tv related to it right but it just sorry that's a whole other argument <laughs> so we're not going into that but i don't sorry. think that's like i don't think it's a generational thing i just think people's way of seeing is being changed yeah mm.
0: i like the idea of looking at it is i feel like with the way we tend to frame this issue is around attention span um and like, especially older people complaining about younger people's <laughs> attention span going out the window. And like, I don't, I don't actually know how like to measure attention span or whether mine is shorter than my parents, but I do, I like the idea of kind of thinking about it as like more of like a temporal cultural thing where it's like, we're just used to shorter, yes, shorter cuts now. And yeah. that makes longer cuts feel exactly longer. If, if you brought a person from the future, from the past now and showed the movie, they probably would find it like overwhelming and just kind of mm-hmm. like chaotic and yeah um but uh yeah i think that it's also good to remember that the way that as you said like the kind of act quick cut action movie um like there are plenty of like slow traditions of slow filmmaking today yeah. around today and like over lots and lots of different like regions and and mm-hmm. time periods so like with french new wave slow as fuck editing uh a lot of them <laughs> and uh and and that's one of the reasons that like a lot of us don't uh, you know struggle to watch it um exactly. nordic like,
2: shows today like yeah
0: um like uh the films of jia zhang uh who i think yeah we talked about it on this podcast maybe yeah multiple
2: like, times i believe very yeah. tabloy
0: yeah. shots right like very like wide still yeah. just letting things play out so yeah. it's good to remember like this this thing that like feels like this big stark difference between then and now is not quite as stark uh, bifurcated yeah Yeah. as we think it is
2: exactly yeah yeah and i like those are like kind of how i appreciate some of them like once you see how the shots is framed you see the performance is different you're thinking about it as kind of like a different medium is Mm -hmm. when i'm like starting to discover that like oh there are beautiful lightings in these shows Mm. there are great movements and like great use of depth of field in these shows Mm. so Mm -hmm. that's like when you get what we've just said all of them (laughs) out Mm -hmm. of the way and you like made it clear that they're different you can start to see the lighting and all the other technical Mm -hmm. beauties in it and yeah i also would say that lighting Mm -hmm. is probably one of the most important things for silent film Mm -hmm. it's Absolutely gorgeous. A-, a lot of them, like you, the lighting is just because they're mostly black and white. Like mm-hmm. color film doesn't really come into the play until much later. Right. the The contrast is hugely different from like color films. So a lot of the lightings in these early films are just stunning. Like uh, we were talking about comedy, right? Like comedy was a little less like focusing on the lighting, but if mm-hmm. we think of some other filmmakers in the early days, like, for example, F.W. Uh, FW Murnau, who's mm-hmm. made a lot of films, but one of my favorite is Sunrise, A Song of Two Humans. It's a very, not a lot of people actually saw that, but.
0: It's a beautiful title.
2: It, it is, and it's Amazing. kind of like a silly film of like these, this couple is like breaking up, and but like they kind of discover, rediscover their love uh, through like, a whole date, like a whole day of the date. It's kind of cute. It's a very, it's a cute film, but there are some, there are definitely some misogynistic and interesting gender representations. Ah, um, uh, whatever. I know, but <laughs> but that's another thing. Like when you were thinking, you were like, oh wow, how far have have we come with all mm-hmm. these films? Uh, but the lighting in that film, beautiful.
0: Yeah. So now that you mention it, um, bringing up this Murnau Sunrise, A Song of Two Humans. I want to hear your film recommendations for <laughs> silent films. Like let's say like Baby's first silent film and then maybe like level two silent film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just for like appreciating these things the most, movement uh, and lighting and the kind of tableau, shot, the depth, like all these things. what What's the best movie to kind of start with? and then what are some like if you like that, you'll love this <laughs> recommendations.
2: yeah. I mean, there's way too many recommendations. I would, <laughs> <laughs> I would just start with comedy. It that's easier because you, you Chaplin never gets old. Like mm. you can always see a nice Chaplin or Buster Keaton film. Mm-hmm. they like like we did in class, like Steve Steamboat Junior. That was we saw that in class. Yeah,
0: that was really fun, right? Mm-hmm. That was actually that that was great, and it it, it <laughs> I have to share <laughs> one of my favorite moments. And like, i know
1: exactly what you're about to say we looked like this, at each other
0: there is this moment where so steamboat bill jr is like broadly about this kind of dandy man played by buster keaton who is like trying to reconnect with his father who's like an uh, like an alpha yeah. male on the steamboat <laughs> and at the end uh bill steamboat bill jr is like i don't know what his full name is. i just i, that's yeah. Name. I think yeah i think his what? name
1: isn't even bill like he has a whole name that is set yeah. at one point well, and then they're like
0: fuck it whatever junior is like on the boat there's like a big storm and uh uh, like there's like a lot of wind and rain and like, he's just drenched in water and he's like pulling all these ropes and like securing the steamboat and he's like getting all to it's like his big, yeah. like becoming moment. And Kim and I looked at each other just like <laughs> fully unprofited. We're like, all right, he can get it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Which is, anyway, so Stewartville Jr. is that was a lot of fun.
1: Another uh, really great way to appreciate silent films sometimes there are hotties in them.
0: <laughs> yes. Or
1: someone who starts out yeah. the film and you're like, not a hottie. And then his hair gets messed up. He gets drenched in water. He yeah. has to pull heavy things. And you're like, wow.
0: Wow.
2: All right, Buster. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah, they 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 were beautiful, very beautiful people, including Chaplin actually. But uh, I'll have to <laughs> wait for him to get his hair messed up and drenched in water. I think,
1: and like a little less eyeliner for me. But we'll
2: see. His later film has less, especially I think. Well, City Light is still anyway. But um, so if you're I, I looking do... for like some some
1: Charlie right Chaplin, Charlie Chaplin, yes. <laughs> some Chaplin thirst traps. It's City Lights.
0: More like Chaplin. Yeah. sorry, uh, Chad. but also limelight. like he's a Chad. He, oh, god,
2: he looks that. great when he's a, a little older as well. Yeah. He's in oh, I, could,
0: I could totally
1: picture it like a little, yeah. He, and, he's like Robert Downey Jr., who played Chaplin. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, ages
2: well, ages yeah. well, great.
1: So, well. we got, yeah, so <laughs> at least one <laughs> recommendation. Like Steve Bodeville Jr., those
2: are yes. two comedies, and yeah. of course, Chaplin's, even his early day stuff. If you want to start getting appreciation of like early mm. like more stable or like stationary camera is mm-hmm. the kid the kid is great it's also short it's not very long the kid is i cry at the kid because it's just such a emotional film and the kid actor in it is absolutely stunning he's amazing in it um those big eyes and his like mm. expression awesome uh the immigrant great short Chaplin film Mm -hmm. as well very very nice very funny and also very thought-provoking uh he's very ahead of his time honestly and Keaton I will also say the general if you want Mm -hmm. movement and want to be more appreciative of uh, early film movement the general is a great example Keaton is the king of utilizing more like long shots of things Mm. this is the chaplain is the king of close-up not but like closer like they're not long shots but keaton mm-hmm. is love long shots and love his environment he is not afraid of reducing his character into like a tiny dot on the frame but mm-hmm. also make that funny with the environment that he's that's surrounding him so he's the king of that that's i love cool. him uh the genre is great yeah. that's some like you know starting point point. and if we want to get a little more into like drama the mm-hmm. narrative Sunrise. I would. I would still recommend Sunrise. Sunrise is such a good example of just the technical beauty of silent film, uh, and the, the protagonist is very handsome. Uh, if you're interested in hell that, hell yeah. Hey, he, he looks like uh. What's a? I think does one, he also
1: use his hands, neck, and face well?
2: They <laughs> all do that in silent film.
1: <laughs> okay. I feel like you might not be picking up what I'm putting down. I so am, we can move and I'm, not, I'm ignoring it. Oh, you saw me put it down, and you're like, I'm not
2: going to pick that shit up. No. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Sorry. <laughs>
0: was
2: like, uh, oh, what was I saying? Right. Uh, yeah, he's, he's great, and he's, he, he's a pretty famous actor, too. I forgot his name, but yeah. He looks like Ryan Gosling, slightly. But slightly. Only slightly, but he looks like Ryan Gosling. <laughs>
1: That's the um, other issue with silent films. I know we're now officially pro-silent film, but sometimes people will be like, oh yeah, this random silent film actor is the insert hottie of the day of this era. And then you watch it and you're like,
0: uh, I mean, I just, okay. just think about the time, the year that, and I this is always at the forefront of my mind, the year that Blake Shelton won Sexiest Man Alive, uh, People oh, Magazine. That's true. Everybody- It's like, sometimes the, the algorithm just picks one where you're like, what? So, and you know who are
1: we to yuck someone's yum? Exactly. If he's the Ryan Gosling of the silent era, then I'm I'm excited to see him.
2: Yeah, of course.
1: In Love which it. movie? What? What is that?
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's Sunrise. That's Sunrise. Sunrise silent film that will come up. I believe okay. it's on YouTube. Excellent. Um, but yeah. well, that's that's kind of like. um i don't know medium level of like you know if you want some drama also some comedy that's a pretty good one if you want some serious silent film not that none of the not that like all of those not serious but mm-hmm. like metropolis is always good and you know the, the cabin of dr caligari those are yeah. nice aesthetic
0: um i did try to watch metropolis mm. uh it it started off, it's, It's. I mean, it's so beautiful and yes. I was very compelled by it, but then I looked at the runtime and it said like two and a half hours. And I was like, I don't, I, uh, um, and that I stepped away from it. But that's probably unfair of me because I've sat through much worse films that are just as long. Uh, so <laughs> I should probably yeah. go back to Metropolis, but I'll start with, I'll start with like, I'll work That's up Fritz
2: Lang, it, right? You know? Fritz Lang,
0: correct. Fritz Lang, yeah. yeah. It's
2: just- Just you can see how much how like people are visionaries, like people who were kind of visioning, envisioning the future, envisioning like the sci fi. It's just beautiful. The film is cool, like, all of it is beautiful. And also, for someone, if you're like, well, everybody's welcome to just talk to me if you want, like, I'll tell you all about the technicality they use for silent films Mm -hmm. when they don't have special effect software. Like, that film uses used a lot of, like, just, mm-hmm. like, in-camera special effects
1: mm-hmm. yeah. that
2: are just stunning. Like, you know, map shots and, like, like a lot of, like, it's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we can get into all of it, but, like, <laughs> it's, like, sometimes you see a silent film frame and you're like, I wonder how they did that. Like, the people was on the top of a cliff. Mm-hmm. There's an explanation to that
1: yeah um, what is your can can people hit you up on the internet <laughs> probably not give
2: them your your email but like
1: well i don't know your instagram handle we could be that sure. kind of podcast i have a photo where can people instagram. find you that's
2: fine you can follow my photo instagram i have a photography okay. Instagram. But, so. but what is it oh um i believe it's uh Ann zang and the dash photo <laughs> okay cool we'll that lower in the
0: dash photo yeah, uh are we saying send your your silent film comments and questions to Anne?
1: Yeah, <laughs> sure. we'll put it in the description. I don't, I don't know if that's yeah.
0: Um everybody yeah.
1: contact Anne on the internet.
0: Uh Anne, I really love talking with you about silent films. I feel like it gives me such a wonderful appreciation for, for them. Um thank you for, I don't know. This has been, I feel like a great iteration of Anne's silent film appreciation corner. Um <laughs> i've learned a lot today i've laughed hopefully i'll go into class next week and be
2: like i'll be there you know (laughs) you'll be there yeah what are we watching next week i don't even Uh, know who cares no (laughs) yeah (laughs) laura is
1: going to class present and enthusiastic yes that's what we got from this
2: podcast exactly it's perfect Uh,
1: Media Literate is a collaborative podcast, produced by Colton Elsey, Sebastian Wertzreiner, Laura Broman, Kim Henry, Julia Rose Camus, and Julia Evans. This episode was edited by Anne Zhang. Our theme music is Soft Feeling by Chiel, and our logo was created by Julia.